Thanks for watching today. I want to remind you that if there's anything that you need prayer for, don't hesitate to give us a call, send us an email, or submit a request online. We'd love to stand with you in prayer. Today we're continuing in the faith series, and Pastor is going to show us some biblical ways to apply our faith to help fight our daily battles. After all, the goal of faith is to walk with God in our everyday lives. God showed us the way to get faith, and Pastor Dwayne will show us how to be living with faith. Well, I want to continue talking to you about faith. Now, in multiple places, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. So faith is not about Sunday. It's about Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. It's about every day. In fact, it is about every single aspect of your life. Your marriage, your kids, your money. It's about your job. It's about your entertainment. It's about your leisure. Every single aspect of our life is supposed to be affected by our faith. The just shall live by faith. In the New Testament, it says, no matter what you do, in word or in deed, do it all to the glory of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that we do is to be affected by our faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, that great faith chapter, it starts out and it talks about Cain and Abel, and it says that Abel gave by faith. Then it says that Enoch walked with God by faith. And ultimately, that's the goal of faith, by the way, is to walk with God in every area of your life. And then it says that Abraham, he obeyed by faith. So, so faith is going to affect everything we say and everything that we do. In fact, Jesus made some remarkable statements about faith. He said, with faith, all things are possible. All things are possible with faith. And, and God expects us to have faith. And if he didn't provide us a means to get that faith, well, that just wouldn't be right. So Hebrews, 10, excuse me, Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, the, the, the society that you and I live in, our culture, is going to try to conform us to its mold. It's, it's going to want to cookie cutter us. Same values, same morals, same goals. But the Bible says in, in Romans 12, don't be conformed or don't be like this world. Don't be a cookie cutter copy of the world, but be transformed. Literally, go through a metamorphosis by the renewing of your mind or by changing the way that you think. And literally, the purpose of your Bible is to change how you think. Now, now, literally, there are people that, that I, I've had people say this to me. I've said to them, well, the Bible says. And this is what they say. I don't care what the Bible says. Right? But literally, the Bible is to direct how you live and how you think. And the Bible is supposed to change the way that you think. In fact, David in Psalms 129, verse 128, he said, I consider your precepts or your words, your Bible, about all things to be right. How many of you know God's right about everything? Right? And when we disagree with God, we're just wrong. We're just wrong, and we don't need to conform to the world. We need to be transformed. There needs to be a metamorphosis by the changing the way that we think. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. 
So 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're just going to bounce back here a moment. It says, there's nothing like the written word of God to show you the way of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ or in Christ Jesus. Now listen, Old Testament, New Testament, all of it is pointing us to Jesus, our need for a Savior. You know, there's people that they, they want to be right with God by doing certain rules and regulations. They want to do this and do that. Uh, but the Bible tells us in Romans 3.20 that no one has ever been made right with God by obeying the law. Nobody. Everybody misses it. Right? So the Bible says that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Right? Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Nobody gets right with God by obeying a bunch of rules. Right? So all through that Old Testament, there were all those rules, but it actually tells us in Galatians that the purpose of all those rules was to let us know that we were going to mess up and needed a Savior. Right? All of it is pointing us to the Savior. So it shows you the way of salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed, God-inspired. It's useful for one purpose or another, to show us the truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. And through that word, we're put together and shaped up for the task that God has given us. Now, when, when we talk about confession, most Christians immediately think about the confession of sins. And the Bible tells us in 1 John, it says that if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. If we confess our sins, we are faithful and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when we sin as Christians, we are not supposed to repent once every six months. We're supposed to have a constant attitude of repentance. And when we sin, we go to God and we confess that we sin. And literally the word confession there means to say the same thing as. Right? So we say, God, I blew it. We recognize I sinned, I made a mistake, and we say, cleanse me, wash me in the blood. And the Bible says he'll forgive you and cleanse you. That is one type of confession. There's a second type of confession in the New Testament, and that is literally the confession everybody makes to get saved. In Romans 10, verse 9, it says, If you will confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord, and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there is a confession that you make to get saved. Right? And that is the confession that you surrender your life to Jesus. He becomes your Lord, your King, your owner, right? And you live to please Him and not yourself. He's your Lord, right? Now, that confession is what saves you. Now, I've heard people say that you need to confess all your sins to get saved. But the Bible does not talk about sinners confessing their sins. It talks about believers confessing their sins. I don't know about you, but if I had to confess all my sins to get saved... I'd have never got saved because I'd forgotten 90% of them. I sinned so much, right? It's not a matter of my confessing my sins to become saved. I confess Jesus as my Lord, surrender my life to him. And then as a believer, if you sin, you confess your sin 
You agree with God, you turn away from that sin. And then there's another type of confession that we find in the New Testament, and that is the confession of who you are in Christ. And this is the confession that should be in every Christian's life every single day. Now in Philemon, little book in the Bible, just one little chapter, right? Verse 6 says, I pray that your partnership in the faith, your partnership in the faith. Now there's two things when it talks about your partnership. First of all, you are not, it, when you become a believer, you, you become part of a community or a family. You become part of a body and you are not supposed to live the Christian life alone, right? You're, you are connected, right? So there's a partnership with other believers. But then there is this huge partnership that you and I have with Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 says he is the author, the beginner, and the finisher of your faith. Right? Everything, that, everything points to Jesus. Everything is because of what Jesus did. He is our redeemer, our savior, our soon coming king. So the partnership in faith may become effective or effectual. Uh, you could use the word supercharged, right? Yeah, how many of you like your faith supercharged? It's kind of like, you know, you're, you're, how many of you ever seen one of the movies, that, well, those, those car movies, you know, and all of a sudden they hit that nitrous switch. And that car just goes, whoa! Well, that's kind of like what this is talking about doing to your faith. It's talking about hitting the nitrous, that, that supercharger coming on, all right? It becomes effective, effectual, as you fully acknowledge every blessing that is yours in the Messiah. Another translation says, the sharing of your faith may be most effective by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you from Christ Jesus or in Christ Jesus. Now, most Christians, their faith accomplishes little. It's never effectual because they do not acknowledge what Jesus has done for them. Right? It literally, it builds your faith. Now listen, there's two types of confession here they wanted to mention. That there's a confession of your faith and there's a confession unto faith. Right? A confession, once you believe, it's of faith. But sometimes you need to do some confession unto faith. Right? As you begin to confess what Jesus has done to you for you, then that thing becomes alive on the inside of you. It explodes on the inside of you, and you literally get to that place of faith. So to begin with this morning, I, I want to just run through a couple of confessions with you. Right? So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, like make a confession, and I want you to repeat this confession and just kind of watch what happens on the inside of you. Right? First of all, say, I am a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. My past is gone. I'm in Christ. Everything in me is what God's put in me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God took my sin, put it on Jesus, took his righteousness, and gave it to me. I've been rescued from Satan's kingdom. 
from his gloom and doom, from his oppression. And God has put me into the kingdom of the son of his love. I overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. The devil cannot stand because of the blood of Jesus and what he purchased for me. I am free. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things. He renews my youth like the eagles. He sent his word. He healed me and delivered me from every trap, every addiction, every snare of the devil. I'm free in Jesus' name. Yeah. Acknowledge, acknowledge, acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ. And the Bible says your faith will become effectual. It'll begin to move you. You'll begin to see things different. You'll begin to walk in victory that you never had before. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, we find Paul praying for the church. And he prays so differently than the way most of us pray. We pray something like, Lord, bless them. Lord, help them. Lord, get them out of that situation. You know, that's kind of our, our, types of situ uh, our type of a prayer. I want you to listen to how Paul prays. He says, I don't cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, I just want to stop here just a second. There's never an increase in faith without an increase in revelation. That increase in revelation of what Jesus has done for us brings the increase in faith. So he prays that we'd have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him or what Jesus has done for us. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened or opened, that you can know the hope of his calling. So you can know what is God's will for you. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? What is it Jesus purchased for you on the cross? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? Other translations say his power working in us and through us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power that he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. In other words, he's saying the same power that raised Christ from the dead, that power is available in you and for you and to work through you. He, pray, he prays, God, give them revelation. He doesn't pray, God, help them. God, get them through. He prays, God, give them revelation. Because with an increase in revelation comes an increase in faith. In 2 Peter chapter 1, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now notice it says, has given. Other translations, hath given. Now I was always on the bottom 20% of my English class. And then I learned Spanish and I got worse. <laughs> but let me just say what I do remember. That has given or hath given is past tense. 
It's past tense. And so often, we do not understand redemption, and we, want, we think God needs to do something. We say, God, save my Uncle Bill. Save him, God. But the truth is, God's already done everything he can to save Uncle Bill. Jesus already went to the cross, shed his blood, paid for his sin, was buried, defeated the devil and death, rose again, and is seated at the right hand of God. There's nothing more he can do. Everything that needs to happen for Uncle Bill to be saved is already done. He needs to learn about it, believe it, and receive it. But it's already, he has given to us all things that pertain to life, your physical life, godliness, your spiritual life. By which he has given us exceeding great and precious promises. That through them you might become partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. Now notice it says he has given to us exceeding great and precious promises. I've read multiple times there's over 7,000 promises in the Bible. But you've got to grab them. You've got to find them. You've got to believe them. You've got to get them down in your heart. Right? Uh, so many times I've, uh, people will come and, and, and say, well, you know, I want you to agree with prayer on something. And I'll say, all right. What scripture are you standing on? What, are you, what verse are you believing? Right? Now, remember, the Bible says, this is what the Bible says. It says, the Lord worked with them confirming the word confirming what the word with signs following right so what god does is god does chapter and verse god does the word god does not do opinions good god does not do feelings he does the the word that's what he does all right so i'll say what verse are you standing in and this, this is i mean almost every time well, none in particular. And I don't tell them, but this is what I think. Well, that's what you're going to get. Nothing in particular. All right? Because God doesn't do your feelings. Right? God doesn't do our emotions. God doesn't do our opinions. He has given to us exceeding great and precious promises. And the Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. They belong to you. They belong to you. But, but look, if someone gave me a stuck $100 in my wallet and I didn't know that it was there, and I didn't spend it, I couldn't spend it because I don't know it's there. And that's a lot like what the promises of God, God are. So many people don't know what the promises are. And if you don't know, look, faith is dependent on knowledge. It's dependent on knowledge. And if we don't know the promises, we can't believe God for the promises. So in Luke chapter 4, we find Jesus goes to his hometown of Nazareth. He goes into the synagogue on the Sabbath, the Bible says, as his custom was. And they handed him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he opened the book and he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him, and he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is what he said. Today, this verse is true about me. 
Right? Now notice what he did. He opened a book and he found where it was written. That's what we need to do. That's what I need to do and you need to do. We need to open our Bible and find the place where it's written. Find that promise that covers your situation and begin to do what Jesus did. He said, today, this verse is true right now about me. Right? That's what you and I need to do. Find those exceeding great and precious promises that God has and begin to speak them out. Now, Jesus said, is he's fighting, and literally he's being tempted by Satan, and he answers Satan, and he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So your Bible was first spoken, then it was written, and it's written so you can speak it. Isaiah 59, last verse. My word that I put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth, nor out of the mouth of your descendants from this time forth and forevermore. You know it's supposed to be? You and I are supposed to be saying what God says about every situation in our life. I think it's interesting that when Satan is tempted, Satan said, and then Jesus said, it's written. And then Satan said, and then Jesus said, it's written. And then Satan said, and then Jesus said, it is, it's written. It's written. He, he is literally showing us how to fight a battle. How do you fight a battle? You fight a battle with words in your mouth. God's word in your mouth. God said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Out of your mouth. We need to be speaking it. In Revelation chapter 19, it says about Jesus, now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. And with it he strikes the nations. And he himself will rule with a rod of iron. Uh, some of your translations say it's, a, it's not just a sharp sword, it's a double-edged sword. Rick Renner's that, that Greek scholar, he said one edge is when God speaks it, and the other edge is when you speak it. You speak it. It's not enough that God said it. You and I need to begin to say it. In Isaiah 54, it says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you'll condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. To overcome, you have to understand what the blood of Jesus has purchased for you, and there has to be the word of your testimony. You need to speak that word. Now, even if, you, if we take and, and go back and look at, at uh, David fighting with Goliath, let me remind you first of all that this Goliath, this guy's someplace between 9 and 12 foot tall. He makes Shaq O'Neal look like a midget. Okay. So he's going to weigh somewhere up over 1,000 pounds. Great big old guy. Right? And the Bible says that he's six cubics in a span. He has six pieces of armor. And his spearhead weighs 600 shekels. That's six, six, six. How many of you figure out kind of this is a type of who? 
all the stuff that's going to come against you. The Antichrist ultimately. And he comes out every morning for 40 days and every night. Says, send me a man to fight. If I kill him, we'll be your slaves. If he kills me, excuse me, if we, I kill him, you will be our slaves. If I kill him, am I getting this right? Well, you get it. Somebody's going to be a slave. It depends on who kills who. All right. So, David says, hey, hey what's going to happen when somebody fights this guy? And he's told immediately, he said, well, first of all, he said the king's going to give him a tremendous amount of wealth and make him rich. Secondly, he and no one in his family will ever have to pay income tax again. I think that's about when he's going, this is sounding good. And then he said, and Anne, he gets to marry the king's daughter, and she is a babe. And he said, I'm in. I'm in. Well, they, they bring him before the king, and the king says to David, he says, you can't fight him. You're just a little kid. You're like 14, maybe 15 years old. And he's been a man of war since he was young. And David said, he said, I used to keep my father's sheep. And a lion came and a bear. I grabbed him by his mane. I hit him and I killed him. He said, your servant has killed lions, plural, and bears, plural. And this Philistine, he will be like one of those lions or one of those bears. And the king said, good luck, go, try, go give it a try. So David goes out there, and the Bible says, and Goliath said, Goliath said, he saw him, the Bible said he saw him, he was young and ruddy, and he despised him. And he said, come to me. He said, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to give your body to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And then David said, now, right now, when David said, that was when Goliath kind of went, what's happening? Because, listen, when you're 10 foot tall, nobody's talked back to you since you were in the third grade. Right? And all of a sudden, here's somebody talking back. And David said, you come against me with the sword and the spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whose armies you have defiled. And today I will take your head from you. And give your body and that of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field that all the world may know that there is a God in Israel. Yeah. And he said, and he said, and he put that stone in the sling, slung that thing, hit Goliath in the head. He fell down. The Bible says he went over, took Goliath's sword, chopped his head off, and Goliath did not say anything else. Listen, you never let the devil have the last word. You keep on speaking, and you move towards your enemy with your mouth working, your mouth speaking what God has done for you. Anybody, listen, anybody can shout when the lion's, the, the, the giant is laying down dead, right? But it takes faith to shout beforehand. This is what David said. It's quoted in the New Testament. Well, the New Testament says it like this. It says, since we have the same, the identical spirit of faith. According to what's written, David said, I believe, therefore I spoke. The New Testament says, we also believe, therefore we speak. Therefore we speak. Now, anybody can shout, as I said, when the walls are fallen down, when the giant is dead. Anybody can shout. But faith shouts at the beginning. In Ezra 3, verse 11, 
It says, and they say, sang responsibly, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. And they said, for the Lord is good, for his mercy. And by the way, the word there is covenant love. Covenant love. And in, in the next month, we're going we're gonna to talk about this. His covenant love endures forever towards Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout. And when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. They did not shout when they put the roof on and got to move in. They shouted when the very first evidence of a new, of a move of God was there. They began to shout, right? You should not wait to shout until there's complete deliverance, complete healing, complete manifestation of whatever financial needs you have. You need to begin to shout when you begin to pray, when you begin to believe God, when you see the first thing happening, you need to begin to shout and say, God, thank you that your covenant love, it endures forever towards me. Because Jesus took his blood and that cup signifying his blood and said, this is the blood of the new covenant and you are in covenant with God as surely as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were in covenant with God and his covenant love, it endures forever. Amen. Now, one last thought. In Genesis chapter 48, Jacob, who is Abraham's grandson, has come to Egypt. Joseph, his son, is there. He's prime minister. And Joseph brings his two boys to see Grandpa, Grandpa Jacob. And when they come in, now, now these two boys are literally Egyptian royalty. That They have received the finest education that Egypt can supply. They're right in the middle of Egyptian culture, which was very, very pagan. And his sons come in. Joseph's sons. And Jacob said, Now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. I want you to look at me. Now here's what Grandpa does. These two kids come in before him, and he claims them. He claims them for the kingdom of God. This is what he says. He says, you are going to be part of God's promise to Abraham. That God's going to bless you. That God's going to use you to bless the world. That the Messiah is going to come. You're going to be a part of the way God blesses this world. You're going to be a part of that covenant. And you are going to serve God. He just claims them. He just speaks it out. And today, before we finish, if you have children today that are not serving God, or grandchildren that are not serving God, or you have a family member that's not serving God, and you want to believe God for them, I want you to stand up right now on your feet. We're going to claim them. We're going to claim them for the kingdom of God. And I want you to get your faith switch on. All right? I don't care where they are. You say it's crazy. They're in a crack house. They're in prison. They've got a messed up sexual identity. I'm just telling you that what is impossible with people is possible with God. And we're going to call them back right now. Father, we come now. We come now in the powerful, strong name of Jesus. And we call them back. We call them into the kingdom of God. We break 
the power of addiction, the blindness that Satan has put over their eyes, we break it in Jesus' name. And we ask, Father, that you send laborers to them. We pray, Father, that the word of God that's been sown in their heart, that it will rise up. We pray, Father, the Holy Spirit will make them miserable away from God. We pray, Father, that you will draw them back in Jesus' name. We pray, pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that every one of them is coming home. The power of Satan is broken in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, draw them in. Bring them in. Father, we pray that they will escape the snare of the devil who's taken them captive. And Father, we pray that you grant them repentance and faith in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So be it. So be it. If you don't know you're right with God today, and you say, I want to be right. I want to be forgiven. I want you to bow your head with me and pray this prayer from your heart. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe that he rose again. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm going to live for him every day. And I thank you. You've heard my prayer. That your blood washed me from my sin. That my past is gone. That I'm your child today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard your prayer. And you are forgiven and right with God. Now, you've taken your first step into the kingdom, but we want you to keep growing spiritually. I wrote a book full of bullet points to help you keep growing spiritually, and I want to send it to you absolutely free of charge. You can download it or let us know. We'll send you a hard copy absolutely free. Keep on growing. Keep on living for the Lord. God bless you, and we love you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We're so happy for you. To receive a copy of Pastor's free book, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book be mailed to you. Or you can download it right there instantly. Either way, it's absolutely free. While online, you can purchase a copy of today's message, Living with Faith, in the WBF store. You can also download the scriptures for this message under the on-demand page. Walking by Faith is used across the globe to spread the truth that changes lives on and off the air. To partner with us financially in this great commission, go to walkingbyfaith.tv slash give. We love to hear about how God is using Walking by Faith in your life. You can connect with us on Facebook or send an email to yourstory at walkingbyfaith.tv.